Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Oh, the gardens are coming on strong. Tomatoes are coming off like crazy peppers. All that summer harvested vegetables. They can come off. This is this is their perfect growing environment. They haven't seen this type of monsoon, afternoon rains, humidity, the perfect... The, the rains do more than just water the plants. They actually neutralize your soil. If you're using your irrigation... Every time you turn that irrigation on, the water starts to to make your gardens more alkaline because the water coming out of the wells are, are very alkaline. The city water is very alkaline. And so what the rains do is they come in and they help flush and neutralize that. If you've had, if you've been struggling, things are just, they've just gotten beat up, wind tattered, uh, the, the, the sun just bakes the tips, you're seeing some damage. If you're seeing that, many times what's happened is that alkalinity builds up in your soil and then you start to see it as a top growth. Rains help to flush that out. The example would be uh, when you're seeing your bathtub or, or your, your toilet or your sink, that white ring that builds up in that toilet, that builds up in your soil and your irrigation's coming out and you've got it set for you know, once a week, two hours, and exactly the same amount of water every time. And then that build, that ring will build up in the soil. So you need to flush that out every once in a while. That's why when uh, the monsoon started, you know, like a month, what is that, six, seven weeks ago, uh, I left my irrigation going during those first few rains. I've now throttled it back, so I'm starting to monitor that. But I left it on purposely so that the rains would come my irrigation would go, and it would help it to push, flush, reset that mineral deposit, that alkalinity deposit in the soil, help push it down and flush that out. That's a reason that many folks will use gypsum in the gardens. So gypsum, you know, if you read the bag, it says liquefies rock, makes the soil soft, so roots can go through anything. That's not true at all. What calcium sulfate does, or gypsum, it helps to get that water to, to push down into that layer of mineral, break it up, and help it to flush further down into the soil. Gypsum helps flush your soil. And so if you've got a, some damage showing up, that, that mineral, just put some gypsum down. It makes a difference. What I'm telling my customers when they come in, if I go, oh, oh, it's definitely summer stress, has been overwatered or underwatered, you can tell the leaves are yellowing, they're, they're brown at the tips, the top is kind of wilting a little bit. Those are signs that the, the roots have been damaged. I'm telling them, fertilize with the all-purpose plant food, the 744 plant food. At the same time, at the same with the same, just all at once, put soil uh, or humic, H-U-M-I-C, humic, it's humic acid. So it's a granular. Both are granular. So you spread them out through your hand spreader. But humic feeds the worms and mycorrhizals and the beneficial insects. The fertilizer feeds the plants. And so you'll get this heavy growth on the top on the plant, but then after that, it starts to root out. And so when it sees that the worms are active in your gardens, it's going to go, oh, let me root out here. So you get more roots. Sometimes you just have to rebuild the roots. And this is your season to really get that done and, and catch up to make things healthier. This is one too. 
probably don't take shortcuts. And let me step up on my box a little bit. So there are different qualities of garden products. And the plants, you kind of, oh, it's pretty or it's not pretty. Where the quality really comes in between, let's say, your independence in a box store or a chain or a grocery store, let's say a mass merchant, is we're making products for our gardens here that we use in our greenhouses, that we grew these plants with, and they're going to really work in your yard because they're made to work with our elevation, our sun, our water. They're made for here. Top quality, top tier. That's just really good quality. It's going to work. And you see them go, whoa, what's just, what just happened when you put that fertilizer or you're using that mulch? Uh, sometimes, this is what I've seen, I'm just telling you, you can verify, but sometimes you're having, you're struggling because you bought the plant. It wasn't so much the plant. You got the soil off the box store shelf and it's subgrade. It's, it's bottom tier. And so it doesn't work as well. And it, or it's not made for here. Fertilizers. Fertilizers are made for the East Coast. They are not made for here. They're, they've added hydrated lime. Never do that in the Southwest. Oh my gosh, it's you're doomed. So, but you'll see this because it's made everywhere else in the country. You use hydrated lime in your nitrogen phosphorus potash mix. So it's, it's just your Scott's turf builder, all these different things. Here you just don't do that because we've got so much alkalinity already. So some of you, especially new gardeners, you have you haven't quite figured this out. You haven't you haven't had enough failures yet going, huh, every time I buy this fertilizer from the big orange blue box, I burn stuff. It does something wrong. What's going on? What's, what's happening? It's not, it's not, it's a bottom tier. They're trying to go lowest price. And so I was down at our, our we harvest our own mulch. We make our own potting soil. All of our soils are organic. We make them ourselves. It's our recipe we've been making for years. I'm down at the plant. We're harvesting all this uh a huge sawmill over in Taylor, Arizona. We've got this 50-year-old, 60, 70-year-old saw tailing power we're taking from. And then we screen it. And so we screen it down to quarter inch minus. The best, just it's a better particle, better size, composted more. And so it's it's screening this stuff out, and then off to the side gets the sub-tier stuff. It's going off to the side over here. And I'm going, What what are you doing with all that? It goes, Oh, that goes into the big box bag they call the same thing you call mulch i'm going oh it would eventually work next year maybe once it breaks down some more but just be aware there's different grades different qualities i mean you golfers you get this right so you've got uh, you're going to play a game of golf you don't go down to big five and buy a pair you know a set of golf clubs you're going down to dicks and they're going to Watch your swing with the computers and get the custom length. And they're going to, that's the starter set at Big Five. You, if you're really gardening, you're going to get the better set of, of, of tools, better tools, better plants, better fertilizers and mulch. I mean, see it over and over. I just scratch my head sometimes going, oh, that's going to hurt some gardeners. So quality makes a difference. Right now, I've been uh, um, fertilizing everything. Here's a just on fertilizer. If you want, your plants to repeat bloom while you're putting that all-purpose plant food down to put it on everything. But I'm also, this is, this is what I'm doing, I'm getting a bag of superphosphate, it's 0,18,0. That, that 18, that middle number causes blooms. So if you want your butterfly bush to go right back into bloom, bloom, give it the fertilizer and a little bit of superphosphate and whoa, watch out. It's going to have so many flowers, you won't know what to do with it all. Uh, um, 
uh, Russian sage. I've done that with my uh, autumn sage or salvia gregii. Uh, I've got a repeat blooming. If your repeat blooming lilac is not going back into bloom, it should be in full bloom right now. If it's not, give it some, some fertilize it and add some phosphorus. It will go into bloom. If you want to get your roses, come back. A little bit of phosphorus with this kind of rain, whoo, it will be covered. Your neighbors, your, your garden friends will be going, whoa, what did you do? Well, I heard this guy on the radio. He said, give it some super phosphate. And it really makes a difference. And it works. You got to be strategic with it when you put it on. But you want to get things to rebloom. That's the secret. Fertilize with a regular 744. It's got a little phosphorus. It's 4%. Then you add 18% more, going right into right, right back into bloom. Another one I'm having customers come in with pretty often, kind of every day, mushrooms are growing. They're growing in the lawn. They're growing in the gardens. They're growing behind the shrubs. This is like they love moist, humid, bright days. That's what mushrooms love. And so there's no, there's no spray. There's nothing you can do for mushrooms. They're actually a beneficial in your gardens. They help break down the organic matter so it can become more available to your plants. They're actually helping you compost things in the garden. Um, they like growing here. If they're out where they bug you, just kick them. I kind of think some of them are pieces of art. They're beautiful. I mean, you just look at them. they got colors to them. If they got color on them, they're probably very dangerous. Don't eat them. Don't let your dogs eat them. But some of them are beautiful. If it's in the backyard where the dogs are roaming around, okay, I'll kick them down and kind of eh, compost there. You're going to break down and feed my plants later. But this is the time to grow. The only real solution, which you, if you read on the internet or whatever, is fertilize your plants. Get them to grow their way out of this so, so it chokes out. The, the, the mushrooms can't see the sun. Lawns. You fertilize the lawn, it'll actually grow and be so thick that mushrooms can't compete. And so that's the only real fertilizing it's Red of Mushrooms. Got a lot in store for you this show. Uh, we've got Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Butterfly Bush, and Trumpeting Vine. Large clusters of red and orange flowers create a dramatic show all season long with Waters Trumpet Vine. This vigorous vine thrives in heat and blooms profusely with neglect. Quickly covers large areas as a ground cover, spilling over retaining walls, screening a fence, or cloaking arbors. Guaranteed to attract more hummingbirds and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive, but so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and Grass Stopper, it's just $24 and only found at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are Ken and Lisa Lane in the studio. Uh, we record this segment each week. This is your, these are your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about out in the yard? And lots of gardening going on, lots of erosion control, lots of things being flushed away because lots of rain. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the studio, 
Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. Always good to be here. So your gardens are looking pretty fabulous. They are fabulous. Yeah. Nothing beats rain. Yeah. Just Mother Nature in rain. Yeah. Except the for the, the the sofa cushions. <laughs> yeah. They're not so pleasant in the rain. I had to, yeah. We had a party this weekend and I had to get the cushions out where there's certain to drain. I'll keep them under the bed out, out away from the rain just so they're dry. <laughs> Put them out right before people come in because mm -hmm. rain can show up well, anytime, anytime right now. Yeah, it's great. We, had a, we had a humdinger at the garden center oh. last week and yeah, lots of dirt everywhere. What was it like three three inches at a time? Three inches one day, three inches the next day. Oh. I don't know how many inches. For the it was whole a lot because the drains couldn't keep couldn't up keep with up it. with it. Yeah. Of course, you see that all over town. You'll see. Oh yeah, there's dirt it spilled. There's dirt coming across. <laughs> Every street's got that. Yeah. So talking to a buddy of mine, he he lives up in the Prescott Valley area, and then he hauls some water, so he's mm -hmm. on a dirt road, and uh, he's gonna. I think I'll hold off on having the water company fill my tanks because uh, they'll get stuck. They won't be able to get out of here. It's so washed wow. out and muddy. Yeah. It's exciting. It we'll is exciting. It. We'll take it. Yeah. And it's true. So garden questions. So what do we got? you bet. So all those rains bring weeds. Oh, I was thinking bugs. I was thinking grasshoppers. <laughs> but okay, weeds. Yeah. But weeds. Flowers. So John wants to know when, when you're ready to spray your weeds, yeah. is it better to cut them back before okay. you spray or do you leave them the height they are and then spray? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good question. Pretty, pretty, that's one often. Um, so, so weeds have a matching root underneath them. And so the goal is to spray your weed killers on that foliage mass so that it has more foliage to take in to kill that entire root structure. If you cut them back, it will stunt them and make them, it'll, it'll hurt them but it may or may not kill the entire weeds. Mm -hmm. And so more of the annual weeds, yeah, you could probably do that, but more of the perennial weeds, don't do that to a, a whorehound because there's not enough foliage to take in enough because their roots are kind of like a carrot. Mm -hmm. You want to kill the whole thing. So more foliage is better for weed killers. So I would suggest don't cut them back or if you do cut them at the highest setting, so you got more foliage, the more foliage you have, the better the weed killers can go through that entire structure of that plant mm -hmm. and kill the entire root mass. So don't cut them back. Right. Because the, the weed killers that you want to use are not sterilizing the ground. No. They're yeah, actually working, right. the plant pulls it in through the foliage down into the roots right. and kills it out. Yeah. So we've got three basic kinds of root of, of weed killers here at Waters Garden Center. We've got the, the, um, indiscriminate weed killer. It kills all kinds of weeds, uh, whether it's a grass or it's a, a dandelion, whatever it is, uh, rosemary, it'll kill them all. Mm -hmm. If you spray it, it'll kill them, but it doesn't affect the soil. Mm -hmm. And that was one, the more foliage you have to take in this material, the better it is at right. obliterating the entire root structure. Then we've got broadleaf weed killers. Mm -hmm. We don't sell as many of those, uh, but, but it's mainly in a lawn. Mm -hmm. It kills everything but grass. Right. Um, so, so you use it mainly for lawns, for dandelions. I guess it could be good for those folks out, let's see, in the valley areas where you want more of that native blue grama, uh, buffalo grass coming up. Mm -hmm. You don't want to kill that, but you want to get rid of all the... the, the goat heads. Goat heads, all that other nasty Thistles. native weeds. Yeah. So you come up with the native grass. You could work it that way. So you got uh, broad weed killer it kills everything kind of like a roundup we sell mm -hmm. one that's called decimate it's better than roundup D kills has a broader range of weed killers than roundup 
uh, and it doesn't have the cancer-causing mm -hmm. carcinogens that Roundup does. The broadleafs, and then you've got soil sterilants. These are dangerous. So um, uh, they kill everything in the soil, and they keep things from growing in the soil for up to a year. I find it goes about six, eight nine months and then it starts to come back but it kills your trees it kills the weeds it kills every it kill nothing can grow in that soil for a while yeah. the negative is people make a mistake they they sport underneath their peach tree or their cherry tree and it kills the weeds really well and then it also you know <laughs> kills the tree. three months later it killed the tree you're like what happened uh, to my tree yeah so it's yeah. made mainly for fence lines driveways mm -hmm. We use it here in the patios, those pavers, you know, weeds coming up in between the cracks. Mm -hmm. Really good using it there. But I would not use it out in the garden. So those are the basic three ones. Okay. So anyway, All right. more okay. foliage, better. Going Got back it. To <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah, sorry, went <laughs> too deep. <laughs> well, Sandy would like to know, she usually sees honeysuckle growing up on fences yeah. and trellises. She wants to know, can she use it as a ground cover? And is, is it a good erosion control? Yeah, as a ground cover. it's probably great question. So you do see it softening up all those fence lines, especially the smaller yards. You got those uh, block fences. It softens that up, it grows up to the top of the fence, then goes another two, three feet and then starts spilling over. So it's, it's a great one for that. But it's also one of the number one selling ground covers. Mm -hmm. So honeysuckle, all the colors, Hall's honeysuckle or Japonica is the number one seller. That's your classic. That's when as a kid you grew up with this yellow to white flower you used to pull the stamens out and suck the nectar. It's just really sweet. Uh, hummingbirds love it, mm -hmm. but it comes in a broad, lots of reds and pinks and lemonades and, and your classic yellows. They're all good for climbing up, but they're also all good for climbing over rock walls and down, down that uh, rock bank or beside a driveway. And the beauty with honeysuckle, is animals don't bother them. Mm -hmm. They're very deep rooted. So that's why they hold the, the soil in so well. Um, they, they, they're just drought hardy. So they're very robust. Uh, and you can count on them to bloom from midsummer right on through. They're just good plants for the mountains of Arizona. Now they don't root in, right? It's, it's the original plant where you planted it spreads out. It doesn't send suckers and root in and it, it can if it's if it's happy enough it can have a if where that long stem grows and then touches the ground it can actually start to form a new plant over there three four feet away okay. but basically you're planting them in a zigzag pattern let's say you're doing a erosion control on a hillside mm -hmm. which sounds like they might be going right. that direction come take a picture get a measurement we can help you figure out how many you need mm -hmm. we just kind of zipper or, or triangular pattern across that. And we'd, we'd probably, with a, with a honeysuckle, place them at every six to eight feet. Mm -hmm. And then it would quickly, probably by the end of this year, so it would hold that hillside in yeah. pretty quickly. Okay, good to know. All right, Pam is moving into a home late in September, new home. Awesome. They want to put in maples and aspen, but they want to know, is it too late by the end of oh, September no, no. to be putting those in? Well, first of all, Pam, Welcome to God's country. You're all are welcome. Once you're in, then you can start berating Californians or, or the Midwesterners or people in New York or Florida. So but once you're one of us, you're, you're, you're golden. So welcome to God's country. I'm just kidding. So I'm just offended like half the audience here. Yeah, nobody's coming back. <laughs> We're lost, never shopping lost, at Waters Gardens and not tuning into the show again. <laughs> anyway, oh, fall, if you're from the Midwest, she didn't say where she's from, but- nope. 
Um, I would say fall is for planting. Autumn is for planting. So now through, I'd say Thanksgiving or so, mm -hmm. is just the peak time. In fact, we'll start shipping in a lot of evergreens, aspens, maples, so mm -hmm. that they can be planted. In fact, the most popular time is when they start to go in that, that classic red or gold colors because mm -hmm. people drive by and they go, oh, Ooh, what is that? What is it? I want that. Where? How do I get one of those? Can I have it now? And so we're, we're front loading. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's such a good time, plants, trees, big plants will continue to root through the end of the year. And so you'll get better growth next spring by planting right now. And the ground is moist. It's easy to dig. I mean, just it's just the perfect time. Yeah, go for it. Um, I would say you're, you're good to go. Here's the insider tip. If you're planting now in the fall, which is a good time, we don't get cold like they do in like Wisconsin, an eight foot frost line. Thank we heavens. get cold, but the plants continue to grow. They mm -hmm. continue to use water. So you'll need to water that new tree. You know, typically people turn their irrigation off about November. You'll need to continue watering that mm -hmm. tree about twice a month, right yeah. through winter, because plants are still using it. So yeah, we're mild, but we're not truly cold it's like a unique thing here. You need to continue watering through winter. If you do that, you have great, great success next week. That tree will double in size. Oh, out of time. My goodness. Hey, Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Denver Daisy. Produces large yellow flowers with a radiant burgundy center some might mistake for miniature sunflowers. Attracts both butterflies and compliments. Loves summer heat and extreme conditions. Now that sounds like my kind of flower. Hurry, we only grew 50 of these perennial bloomers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love hardy daisies, they love to shop. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I had someone come to the garden center. I'm sitting out there. I'm helping them in that upper greenhouse area. And they were worried that in this green, flaky type of, of plant, really, it doesn't look like a plant, it looks like a green mold, but it's hard and, and crusty, like scaly, growing on pine trees, grows on rocks. I've even seen it grow on the ground. And so they were really worried that this was going to damage their plant. This is a natural, symbiotic type of relationship that lichen has with plants. Uh, you'll see, in fact, the most interesting lichen story I've ever seen in my own personal life. Had a consultant fly in from Ohio. He's a hiker. 
he loves hiking. So he came in and consulted, you know, how to run a garden center better. So got inventory and turns and customer service and all this brainiac stuff. And I go, okay, Sid, are you done? I'm going to take you down the Grand Canyon to my favorite spot. And so he gave an extra day, two days with us, stayed at our house. And I took him down to Indian Gardens, out to Indian Point, And we overlooked the river. I didn't know what his hiking abilities were. That's a pretty dangerous thing if you're going down all at one time and touch the river, come back. But out to Indian Point, it's it's relatively easy. He's used to the uh, Smoky Mountains, not the Rocky Mountains. And there's a whole other level at that elevation that, that kind of did get to him. We hike out there, and we have lunch out on the point, and he's just blown away by the beauty. He can't believe someone would handhold him and take him right to God, center of God's creation right there. He's awestruck. And so we're, we're budding around, kind of just enjoying the whole thing. And then it's the monsoon season. He's, uh, there's a storm coming up from the north, uh, what was that, uh, east side of the canyon. It's coming right at us. And we're talking lightning is in the canyon. It is coming. More people die from lightning strikes. And I know this. So I'm going, Sid, we need to go. We got to go hurry. Let's go. Let's pick up the pace. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make it to the walls at least. Let's go. And so you could just watch the storm coming right at us. And he's just plodding along. He's a plotter. Didn't see the urgency. He didn't know he's about to die. He just enjoyed the moment. And uh, as I look up, we're maybe maybe a mile from the wall yet. And so they're going straight up towards Bright Angel uh, Trail. Um, the lichen on the canyon walls, you actually don't see a lot of the wall of the rock on the Grand Canyon. It's covered in lichen. And the humidity from that storm and the lightning or something, it just got that canyon wall to flare up and change colors. You'll see this in your own landscape. Those boulders you, you hand-picked, they've got that, that green lichen on it. When a storm is coming or it's raining, it'll actually change colors. It'll go from oranges to greens to bright fuchsias to it just changes colors and it depends on the variety. But the entire canyon wall, every, and we're talking miles of canyon wall straight up, you know, 5,000 feet. It was crazy. Uh, we didn't die. No one got struck by lightning. Uh, my consultant, he's coming back to see us because he is just wowed by Arizona. Ohioans just don't, they don't get this. And so he's got a friend that'll take him hiking again. So we'll take him up to Page, show him what uh, Lake Powell is all about. So, but that lichen actually changes color depending on the humidity. And I think customers are starting to see some of that in their yard, especially if you, if you have some established native trees. Very common to see your pinyon pines. Uh, your your oaks, the uh, junipers, to have lichen growing on them. The boulders will have lichen growing on them. They say that it takes about 50 years for lichen to grow onto a tree. Uh, I'm not... I'm not convinced of that. I think Yes, it can take up to 50 years, maybe. But some I've had a plant nerd, called himself a horticulturist, university, said, uh, no, it's 50 years. You don't want to damage them. It's got to really take care of. I've seen lichen grow on the ground where cattle's roaming around. So I know it doesn't take that long, but it is a fragile ecosystem. So you do want to treat it with care, but it actually helps cool down your trees. It's a good thing for your plants. Don't try to kill it. Don't spray it with Roundup or some of these toxic, you know, cancer-causing chemicals. You be gentle with it and just enjoy what nature has given us on your on your boulders, on your rocks, on your it'll grow on timbers, 
uh, just grows almost anywhere. And I don't know where it comes from. I've tried to pick some pieces up and bring it home and it dies every time. It's not worth trying to, to transplant. It's just, it's fragile. But where it does grow, it's very healthy. So, so don't worry about it. There might even be where it, where it actually keeps bark beetles and some of these infectious kind of bugs from getting into the trunk. And mainly it grows on the north side of a tree. In fact, it's one way to catch your bearings when you're walking through the forest. If you're not quite sure which way is north, south, east, west, look at the trees, look for the lichen growing up and down that tree, and generally it's going to grow on that northern exposure in the more shaded areas of your of your of trees and things. So just I don't even know didn't mean to go six minutes on uh lichen, but some of these things you're seeing for the first time because we finally have some moisture. Last year, lichen was almost forgotten because it got crusty and scaly and dry, but it was living. Just didn't have enough humidity and moisture to really grow and be vibrant and come alive. This year, it's been spectacular. It's beautiful, bright yellows and oranges and greens. It's just beautiful and good for your trees. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on shop, and choose personal garden shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Trumpeting Vine, and Butterfly Bush. Monarch and Swallowtail Butterflies flock to Waters Butterfly Bush with spectacular 8-inch flowers filling the yard with fragrance and beauty. Heat, drought, wind only make this shrub bloom more. Tough enough to grow in clay, but hardy enough to shine in containers. With so many colors to choose, every yard should have at least two. You'll only find impressive butterfly bush at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are Ken and Lisa Lane. So we are the second generation owners mm-hmm. of Waters Garden Center. Lisa's father started the business back in 1962 and Prescott was truly, truly tiny little town. I think there's tinier than even Payson. I mean, it's tiny, oh, like yeah. not quite Seligman size, but but maybe a little bit bigger than Ash Fork right now. It's everything's changed. Mm-hmm. Like we're in this boom pattern. Definitely. And then our kids have, we've got four kids that are coming into the business. So third generation, mm-hmm. we're very excited. I have no intention of, of stepping back or, <laughs> Do they or know that? slowing down, <laughs> but I'm excited to have the kids going. Well, I would love them to take the forefront so I can like help support them. Instead like, of, when's dad leaving? <laughs> I don't think they could take I'm kidding. this over quite yet. Anyway, are you poking at me? <laughs> yes, Is I that? am. I like going to work every day. I need something I else to do, I guess. And you truly Bigger should. Gardens go to work every day because if you retire yeah there might be an incident i would drive you crazy it might end up in the courier <laughs> <who you may have. laughs> 
Body found buried in garden. Raised bed. <laughs> Flowers look amazing. <laughs> Gardener fertilizes plants. Here's how. <laughs> okay, that's terrible. That's okay. You're gonna, people are turning off Very the radio macabre. right now. Sorry, it's just in uh, jazz. Yeah. Just in jazz. So this is uh I would never. this is your segment. Yes. So you share your garden tips, mm -hmm. not how to bury your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I've got bad thoughts going to my head all of a sudden. Now I'm going, this could be a new TV show, how to get rid of your <laughs> If one of us disappears, yeah. it's, it's going to be an issue. So guarding it, yes. what what do you got for us? So inspire the, the inspire audience. You? Um, yeah. Give it my best shot. You've already inspired me, dear. <laughs> I'm not sure how, but... <laughs> 34, 34, 35. We've been, we dated 34. five years before we, we got married. 34. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did date five years. So we're going me, over 40. Almost. You inspired me 40 years ago. Yes. Now inspire the audience to garden more. Okay. Have more beautiful patios. Decks. Well, it has been beautiful. The weather has. has cooled down some. We've had some lovely rains. Um, I know I've been outside a little bit more, hanging out in the yard, yeah. just having my cup of coffee or glass of wine and just enjoying the gardens. Um, and I think a lot of people, or they should be out there doing that. If they're not, go out to your yard and enjoy your yard. Um, but I've also noticed, not so much our front yard, but our backyard. I was like, oh, we need a little bit more in certain. <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? Just in certain areas. There's okay. some areas I've been looking and going, God, we need a little more color over there. Okay. Or some evergreens, some to kind of, you know, how you can just go out. and I mean, everything looks beautiful right now. Yeah. So you can actually really see how you nice can. your yard is and what's blooming. And But it's a good time to reevaluate your yard. Yeah. And decide, do I need to add? Do I need to take something out? Yeah. Because <laughs> this true. is the time of year where if things are looking ugly, they're not going to start they're looking. They're never going to look good. If they aren't looking now, it's, they're doomed for they're a chainsaw doomed. or a pickaxe. So yeah. it's a great time to go out and go, oh, maybe I do need some things. So if you need more color. So we have one side of our yard up against the fence. We've tried to grow a few things there. We used to have a vegetable garden there. And so now it's just kind of sitting empty. And I was looking at it going, man, we just need some color on that side of the yard. So I was looking at the rutabekias. We've got some oh, gorgeous nice. yeah. rutabekias and um, coneflower, uh, salvias, butterfly bush, rose of Sharon. Um, just some really nice things that are blooming beautifully this time of year that you can plant and they will be so happy. So it's a really good time to kind of look, see where you need some color. And there's still a lot of color out. You know, a lot of people think just petunias or geraniums and they're like, eh, you know, it's late in the season. I don't want to put those in, but by golly, look at perennials. Cause you can get so much color with perennials and they come back every year, more beautiful and better. All the marigolds came in looking just, oh, and true. those will take you way past. Thanksgiving into December, right. then finally they fade. But by then you're indoors, going. I want to open. I want to wrap presents. I don't want to. Marigolds are great to bring in, especially as we transition maybe a little bit more into those fall. Where you want to decorate for fall. Yeah, uh, marigolds are amazing for yeah. that. And we have some really gorgeous blue salvia in too. Have you seen pumpkins available yet in the grocery stores? Or is it no, still but there is like... Halloween candy out. Oh, okay. of course they get that out. Yeah, of like. <laughs> I like to buy it at, at Halloween, so it's hard when I give it away <laughs> at the front door no, for the kids. Oh. They buy it knowing we're going to eat three <laughs> oh, quarters of it yeah. before it even make it to Halloween. Uh, but if you have a shadier spot in your yard, we have some 
beautiful hookahs. Uh, oh, yeah. Just have gorgeous color in the leaves, kind of bronzies and reds and oranges. So really pretty to mix with your marigold oh, yeah. and all those stuff. So ajuga, we have some um, variegated ajuga in that's really pretty. It's kind of a green and white with a purple flower. Uh, great for those shady areas. I love light colored uh, leaves, love colored foliage in shady areas because it yeah. just shows up so much nicer. And we still have a great selection of hostas. And it, it's really? a good time it's to put those in. Good. So some of Number the flowers. One selling perennial in the U.S. hostas. Really? Not, not in not Arizona. Here. <laughs> in the u.s but, but they do well in the shade Not in the shade areas they do great here oh they do great yeah. in the shade you betcha um it's also a good time to maybe you need some more texture in your yeah. yard uh, maybe you need more height in your yard you know sometimes we get things all three foot tall three by three out yeah. in the yard so it's nice to have some texture and some different heights and grasses ornamental grasses are just truly coming into their own right now yeah they're, they're those ones that early in the season, you're like, yeah, okay, I'll put yeah. some in. But now through fall is when they just look gorgeous. Um, we have a Japanese silver grass, which I think would be a good replacement if you wanted something like a pampas grass, but did not, not so encompass big. your entire yard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Japanese silver grass would be beautiful. And it's kind of a variegated, um, what do you call a grass frond? leaf is it still a leaf plant lawn leaf i don't know that's a good idea <laughs> i know it's not a flower it's a plume right so that's a flower piece but um foliage we'll just call it foliage, foliage. there you go so it has a variegated foliage on it there again makes it really stand out pretty the any of the mooley grasses deer grass, uh, deer grass all of those they're just starting to put on their plumes right now very attractive especially when the breeze kind of hits them and they blow uh, we have in our yard the Carly fountain grass, yeah, which I love. We have it in a pot, uh, but it's come back two, three years in a row now, and it's absolutely striking. And, and put grasses out in your yard, um, using them in threes and fives, and they're the ones you want more than just one. You yeah, actually want a few. Yeah. Uh, we were, oh, sorry. No, no, I just I didn't want to interrupt. It's oh, so we, we, we were up in Colorado, up around... Um, Fort Collins, yeah. where's your uh, Denver? Denver, yeah, Denver. There. it's all the same. Front but range. They are very good at using ornamental grasses in yeah. their landscapes, and a lot of Carl Foresters, the mooley grasses, the deer grass, and it really adds a lot to the landscape. And I think it's something that we could use in our yards here. Um, very easy to care for. You know, don't require a lot of. You're just kind of trimming them back in March, basically. Yeah. And um, so I think. We could use those more. Treat them like a, a tree or a shrub. They, they don't, mm -hmm. don't treat them like a flower. Right. They're, they've got a very deep, fibrous root mass. So they're much hardier than you think, mm -hmm. they, think they do. And that's why so many native varieties grow here. So that one mm -hmm. out in the valley, mm -hmm. uh, Prescott Valley, uh, Chino Valley, uh, Paul in that area, that whole valley range, mm -hmm. they grow everywhere. Uh, deer, uh, bear grass, like B-E-A-R, oh, yeah. bear grass. Great one. Yuccas grow mm -hmm. great here. Yeah. We just planted a, a blonde ambition blue grama. Mm -hmm. So grama grass grows great here, but they, we yeah. found one that has a seed head that's super, super it's pretty, pretty unusual. Just in the light high. Hits it. It's, very it's pretty. doubled in size mm -hmm. since the rain because right. it's loving the rain. Just kind of went <laughs> put it in the ground. It was already two feet across. Now mm -hmm. it's like three feet. It's just magnificent. Right. Right. Very pretty. So yeah, definitely take a look at the grasses. And also maybe it's a good time to think maybe I need more evergreens in my yard because, 
I love using evergreens as a base because it makes everything else show up so much nicer because it kind of gives you a, a canvas to paint on, I guess yeah. I would call it. So shrub evergreens, tree evergreens, oh, all the evergreens. It. Yeah, all yeah. the evergreens. Great advice. Mm -hmm. Lisa, thanks so much. It's okay to plant. There's some oh, yeah. beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And upgrade your yard. And if it's not looking good now, get rid of it because it's never going to it look good now. It'll never look good. Right. So they, they work backwards, what you were just describing? I think so. Get at least in the mountain gardeners. Be right back. Right after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Gold Flame Honeysuckle. Wonderfully fragrant. These blooms are in full color right now and will stay that way until the first frost of October. These pink and gold blooms are irresistible to hummingbirds and butterflies alike. Excellent as a quick ground cover, but robust enough to climb vertical structures and fences, all for under $37. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love blooming vines, they love to shop. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Not all flowers are created equal, especially this time of year. Some are just showier. You're walking through, you, some of them are 50 mile an hour color. Right? You're driving down the street, down a major corridor, 50 miles an hour, you look at this thing, you go, whoa, what is that? That's pretty cool. And zoom, you go by. That's 50 mile, mile an hour color. Or, or maybe you're a 35 mile an hour driver, 35 mile an hour color. Then there's something you just walk by and you the fragrance just fills up that part of the landscape. You go, whoa, I need to take a moment. Some of them attract butterflies. You just go, wow, look at all the butterflies and hummingbirds. That's just so cool. That's why I love gardening. So th I thought I would cover some of the flowers that you could plant now that are over the top. And, and yes, this is for my California, Phoenix, uh, Palm Springs, Tucson customers. Uh, yes, I know it's summer. I know it's 91 degrees out, but that's not that hot for plants. It's, you're, not in, you're not living five miles from the sun anymore. It's not 115. You're up in God's country where it's just beautiful and plants grow fast right now. And so it's so mild, yes, you can plant. Now, you can't plant a tomato plant because there aren't any to be found right now. Uh, you could probably start a seed in a greenhouse, but out in your yard, there's not enough season left. But you can plant these core large bloomers, and there's some that are just famous right now. Uh, uh, Gallardia. Gallardia is a perennial flower. It has a flower on it that can be anywhere from red to orange to yellow. It starts to bloom in April. This is an amazing, amazing perennial. It comes back every year. Javelina, don't eat it. Rabbits, don't bother it. Deer, walk right over it. Just ignore it. 
this plant is an Arizona wildflower. And so Gallardia is, is a plant that just blooms. It gets about oh, 18 inches tall, but the flower on it has a daisy wheel flower to it. Uh, I think there's reds and oranges out there right now. Uh, but they're the size of about four inches, four inches across, and they're covered. It's amazing. Just, just covered with flowers. The most popular or the showiest of all of the summer vines is the hummingbird magnet. It's called trumpet vine. Trumpet vine is kind of like a, a, a honeysuckle on steroids. Grows really fast. Loves the heat. Loves summer. It's part of that zero scape, a low water, low care kind of plant. But we'll plant this to cloak a, an arbor, a trellis, uh, go, go up fences to hide things. This thing spills over retaining walls. We'll use it as a ground cover. Just it'll creep up through the rock piles and just kind of cover, soften everything up. But what it's famous for truly, huge red flowers. The flowers are probably three, four inches long. They're the size of a silver dollar at the end, kind of tubular shaped. And they're typically red. They can be red, orange, or yellow. Basically, it's three, three colors. And the hummingbirds, they cannot resist trumpet vine. My personal favorite, I really like Balboa Sunset Trumpet Vine. Now, I've got three or four varieties. It's just, it's just Ken. It's just we're friends. We're neighbors talking over the back fence, and here's my my personal favorites. But I sell them all. Yeah, Balboa Sunset's an orange color, orangey red. I like it because it's a new variety. We've grafted a couple different types of trumpet vine together. It's got a hardy rootstock, but the top growth produces more flowers, less beans, and it's not as aggressive. Some of them are so aggressive. They're kind of like grapes or silver lace vine. They just take over. If you stand still long, they just start grabbing onto your leg and crawling up. Balboa Sunset is less aggressive with a showier flower to it. And just peruse them, look at them all. Just my personal favorite. The next one, this is probably the most famous of all of them for summer, is Butterfly Bush. Monarchs have, are here, uh, our state, state butterflies, a swallowtail. You've got painted ladies, all kinds of activities going on with butterfly bush. Now, your grandparents grew butterfly bush that were ginormous. They were too big, too aggressive. We've introduced an entire series of butterfly bush that are much easier to take care of. They get Some of them are even ground covers. They only get 18 inches tall, and they just kind of spread. But with that same big cone-shaped flower, the other common name for butterfly bush is summer lilac. It has a similar type of flower that lilac does, big um, cone-shaped flower that just has multiple florets coming off the end, end, of, end of it. And butterflies do truly, truly, they cannot resist it. If you've got kids... If you've got a back patio, you just like butterflies, you want to go go just admire them, plant a butterfly bush close where you can enjoy that. If you've got a whole series of, of butterfly bush, the same flower, again, different colors. Your, your grandparents grew like purples and blues, and it was kind of it. Now we've got reds and whites and yellows and multicolors, uh, and a lot of them are hip to chest high. So they just, they, they're an easy to manage type of, of butterfly bush anymore or budlia. The other one, believe it or not, magnolias will actually grow here at the, I would say 6,000 foot level and below. So you folks that are tuned in from the White Mountains or Flagstaff, uh, uh, Williams, probably not, but Kingman, uh, Prescott Valley, Cottonwood, uh, Payson, oh, 
yeah, magnolias do really well. I've got two. I've had them for many years. They put on these huge six, eight inch white flowers that are so fragrant. They're evergreen. So they'll keep that very green, uh, shiny leaf to it. I really like the brown beauty magnolia. That's kind of the one I grow. Uh, it's got the big flower that you, you think of. The, the top of the leaf is this bright green, and underneath has this kind of dark leathery look to it, which makes it very efficient in water. Uh, you don't really care for it that much. Put it on the drip system where you, where you feed the maples and the apples and all those other big-rooted things. It will, it will thrive for you. But you can count on these big flowers every late spring through early fall. They're really pretty. One that I like, too, I've, I've got several, several colors. I kind of collect crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtles, for you southern folks, you know how famous crepe myrtles are there. They're just, they grow into huge trees. Uh, here, they're more bush-like than they are trees, uh, mainly because the winters can reset, depending on the variety. They'll almost act like a perennial. Uh, they'll go back to the ground, hibernate, come back fresh every year. So I've got three or four of them in the backyard. They're all... Uh, one's in full bloom. The next one's about to bloom. I know it depends on the sun they get and the variety, but they love heat. They love sun. They put on these big pinnacles, these big flowers, sets of flowers that cover the plant. They're famous in the summer. Throughout Arizona, I'd say, again, that's one's probably for that 6,000-foot level and below. I'm sorry I'm leaving you all. I got one that's good for you all at the higher elevations. But right now, you know, magnolias, crepe myrtles, 6,000 foot and below level. You're to about 3,500, 3,000 foot. You're probably good. So you Skull Valleys, Kirklands, Hillsides, even Baghdad. I think crepe myrtle is, is beautiful when you see it bloom down there. Now, one for all of us. There's a whole series of new roses coming out. Now, roses can be intimidating. They seem to be high care. People have this mythical thing about them. They're disease-ridden. you got to prune them back three nodes at a 45-degree angle to get them to rebloom. Uh, no, really, these new series called Easy Elegance, we've figured out how to have a shrub rose that has that same large, multi-petaled rose that you're, that you're thinking of as a kid. Uh, now it's grown on its own rootstock, so we don't have any special grafts. It self-prunes. So when it's done blooming, automatically resets, counts three notes by itself, and sets a new flower. They're just an amazing new series of, of easy care. If, if you're new to gardening, start with carpet roses and easy elegant roses. They're just so easy to, to grow, and they'll grow no matter how cold it gets. They love the sun. They're just a great plant. And then um, – Two that I really like. One of my back patio and containers are gardenias. There's actually, my gardenias are in full bloom right now. I like to plant them in containers out on the, on the patios because they're just so fragrant. Everyone's so stunned. Evergreen. They're so robust. Just makes you get a frost-hardy variety. So there's frost-proof gardenia. That's the one I grow. It really works out well. And lastly, I'll leave you with, I wish I could keep going, Gold Dart Nine Bark. Nine Barks are famous in the summer. You'll see them at the garden centers in the summer. They love the sun. The foliage is intense. It's like a hookah or coral bells on steroids. And then it puts on these fragrant flower sets too. But Nine Barks, folks in the Midwest, you know what that is. Got a lot more, lots of things blooming here at the garden center that you can plant now. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Lisa here with the plants of the week in our lavender chiffon hibiscus. This hardy variety is one of the longest blooming, most prolific shrubs showing off massive four-inch lavender flowers all summer long. This stately bush likes to show off and all for $39. But wait, there's more. These pretty shrubs come back again next year with even more stunning beauty. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love stunning hibiscus, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our McMinn Manzanita. Part of Waters' expanding native selection, this is the big, bold manzanita you find growing throughout Arizona. A local evergreen growing wild with the classic red bark for a styling, drought-hardy landscape. Locally grown for local landscapes, this Easy Care shrub is just $39. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love lots of native plants, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So the trash picked up earlier in the week, and so I I was going out taking my big green trash can. Folks in the city, Prescott at least, know what I'm talking about. And so you go out, and I'm showing, I've got extra capacity. I should trim back some of my, my hedges, trim back some of my flowers, trim back because they're getting so overgrown. Oh my gosh. And so it's giving things a haircut. Don't be afraid to cut, cut things back. If they're getting too big, they're encroaching on the walkway, cut it back. You can't hurt it this time of year. They're going to grow their way out of any type of mistake you might make. Some things like my akebia, this is a five-leaf akebia. It's a, it's a vine, evergreen vine, super hardy, Deer and javelina, never bother it. Uh, you've got antelope, animals don't bother it. Nice green, beautiful fragrant flower, but it's an aggressive grower. Oh my goodness. It takes a honeysuckle, which is the most, that's the most popular uh, growing vine, either up a hill or up a fence. But akebia like outgrows it two to one. It's just amazing how fast it grows. Well, it gets overgrown this time of year. So I just really whacked on it. And my thinking was, I've got it on a structure. So I've got a cup of trellis up to my patio, and then it overgrows onto a, a metal bench, basically. And so I want it to take the shape of this bench, so like an English garden feel. It was overgrown. You couldn't even see anything. There was no bench, just big green mob, blah, blob. And so I went, okay, we're cutting you back. And my thinking was, I want to cut it back sharp, fertilize it really well, get it to start growing again, and so it's in. it'll cover up and grow its way out of that heavy cutting and now it will take on that shape. It's an evergreen, so it will take on this shape, and it'll keep that way right through winter. So I've got plenty of growing season left, lots of runway to this season. Uh, so I've got plenty of time to grow. I did that with my hedges when it's too big, but I don't. It's overtaking the windows or it's getting out in the, in, into the sidewalk. It needs to be cut back. So I cut it way back, and then I fertilized it real good with that 744 all-purpose food. And then it's going to grow its way back. So within two weeks, I mean three weeks at most, you won't see that I've cut it back at all. Just have tender, fresh, new foliage. And so, and then I'll go into winter with this tender, fresh, new foliage. It'll look like that right through winter. So kind of it's a strategic timing thing because things are growing so fast. I'm taking advantage of that. And you can do. Don't, don't be afraid 
to give things a haircut, just light. You do your heavy pruning in the winter, so up to 30% of the foliage mass. I'm just quoting the book here. But you can take back 10% of the foliage anytime you want, any season, any temperature, 10%. This is like a haircut, a major branch. Just cut it back. Don't, don't, don't. Sometimes, sometimes folks are just, just afraid to cut on their plants. They like it. They like being touched and given a haircut. They feel more beautiful when you get done. They, they know it. So don't be afraid. Garden class is coming up. Now, again, we, we go through and teach a lot of this. So we've got a garden class coming up this weekend. It's the wildlife and bug prevention, all the bugs, especially the evergreens. The natives are going deep into that. We need to, it's time to protect those natives. And so next week, it's the best evergreens for the landscape. That's August 20th. 27th, it'll be a popular one. This is the last Saturday, every Saturday at 930. Last Saturday in August is gardening from newcomers. If you're new to the area, I just want to up your game or hang out with really fun people uh, for, for an hour on a weekend, gardening from newcomers, August 27th. You can take a look at all of those online at watersgardencenter.com or Facebook. You just go, you Facebookers know what to do. Actually, if you're looking for us, you can't miss it. So there's a big uh, classes button on the front of the Waters Garden Center website. It's made, it's interactive, it's made to be there. You can stream things on our YouTube channel. You can stream it through our Facebook page, Instagram, LinkedIn. We're trying to make it available wherever you happen to be at at the time. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, we're here every week. Uh, and then we're also like camping out and talking to fans of the show here at the Garden Center. We believe we're too busy. We need to relax in the garden at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Cypress. If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you. When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen. Comes in an Arizona blue, easy to grow, and prefers monsoon planting. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.